Welcome to I'm Telling, where we have real stories from real students. Our podcast features students from South Mountain Community College Storytelling Institute, located in Phoenix, Arizona. These stories are recorded live in a classroom setting with just one take. I'll never forget the moment I stopped believing in God. I was 21 years old, and it was at my grandfather Dada's funeral. Now, Dada had lived with us for the last 10 years of his life. He, my mother was his only child, and she adored him. We all adored him. She said he was the last of the great Irish politicians. He had delivered the vote for FDR in Westchester County, and he was coming to live with us. Dada lived in a room off the kitchen. Well, first there was the utility room, a little hallway and a bathroom, and his room was just big enough for his roll-top desk, big reclining chair, two oriental rugs, and a twin bed. I cleaned those oriental rugs every week. I polished that desk, and I stood on those rugs and recited my poetry to him or my essays, and I would also sit and cry about my adolescent troubles and how awful my siblings were, and he would invariably give me a quarter and a big hug, and I would leave his room, and there would be another kid waiting to come (laughs) in and talk to him. Now, as I was sitting in the Mass, a Mass my grandfather would never even have gone to, and the last notes of the High Mass were being sung, I realized how sorry I was that I'd been so angry at my grandfather the last year before he died. He never came out of that room. He smelled terrible. He was grumpy all the time. I couldn't bring my friends in to meet him like I had in the before. And I realized it wasn't Dada that I was mad at. It was God. What kind of God created death? What kind of God thought suffering was a good idea? What kind of God let Holocaust happen and genocides happen? Now, I, I did give it a try. I went and talked to the priest, and of course, you know what they said about God working in mysterious ways. And it was hard for me to not go to Mass anymore. But there wasn't any God in there. I actually really loved the church. I loved the hush of it. I loved the smell. I loved the beauty of the stained glass windows. I loved, I loved the gospel. I never paid attention to the sermons, but I loved, I loved the words of the gospel. And it was really hard to stop going, but I realized I had no faith. And I lost faith in everything. I had wanted to be an actress since the age of seven. I was halfway through my college degree in theater. I didn't want to be an actress. I lost faith in that. I lost faith in everything except for my own wantonness and wildness and desire to search and experiment. And it was a lost decade in a way for me, but I had found out what I wanted to do by the end of that decade. I knew that I, of course, didn't want to be on stage. I wanted to be behind the stage, raising money for the arts, bringing money, bringing arts out into the community, and not only that, 
but I successfully had gotten my master's degree and I had packed my bags for a new job in Decatur, Illinois, very far away from Tucson, Arizona. And I was about to leave. I was the last night in my Tucson apartment when the phone rang. It was my sister Barbara. Our brother Michael had been hit by a car while he was on his bicycle. His head had been hit. He was in intensive care. He was in coma. I said, I'll be right there. I'll be right there at the hospital. And you know, something happened on the way there. I'll never forget that moment in that dark car looking at the inky sky. And I said, God, I know I don't know who you are. I don't believe in you. But if you will please make Michael all right, keep him intact, I will live my life the way you would have wanted me to. Now, I didn't mean that as a virtuous life. I meant that as a passionate life. I meant that as a life that was committed to something. And you know, I got out of that car and I went into the room where Michael was bloody and thrashing about and unconscious. And this calm came over me, a certainty. And it was so strange because for the next several days, as he lay in that coma, and we sat there praying and holding hands and reciting his favorite poetry, I knew what somebody was going to say before they said it. For instance, a doctor would be coming down the hall, and I knew exactly what words were going to be coming out of his mouth. I would be in a meeting because I was still working. I knew exactly what was going to happen. So when the doctor told me that Michael was going to be all right, he just hit his head just at the point where there was not going to be permanent damage. I knew that was true and that he was going to be all right. And I got ready to leave for Decatur, Illinois. And not only that, but I told my mother something. I told her that I was going to meet the man I always wanted to marry in Decatur, Illinois. She'd met a lot of uh, friends of mine in, in the past that did not fit into this category, so she was quite pleased. <laughs> Didn't know whether or not she could believe me, but I, I just knew. And this presence, whatever it was, kept staying with me. The first week, I was at the Arts Center. I was working for an Arts Council. We were sorting flyers on a table, and I saw this name. And that presence, that whatever it was, said, that's him. Now, I had tried engaging this presence or this voice in, 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 in some kind of argument. Who are you? It, it never amounted to that. It was just this sense of certainty, this kind of wisdom that was inside of me. But I didn't want to look too strange to the volunteers around the table. I couldn't just say, who's this guy because I'm going to marry him. Okay. Um, so I, I did go, um, who's this Ted Walter? For some reason that name sounds familiar to me. Oh, and he's the art teacher. He teaches at the university. 
I had to ask the next important question. Uh, does he have family? <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine that when I first laid eyes on Ted, I was with a friend, and I said to her, that's him. That's the man I'm going to marry. I fell in love with him right away. There was no doubt in my mind. Decade later, Ted, our baby Sarah, and I moved back to Arizona. My mother called us to come to the family home. She, there was something that she wanted to tell us, some, something that she thought it was important for all of us to hear all at the same time. Now, my parents had just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. It was really quite special. So it was a little disquieting when our mother told us that the cancer had come back and she wasn't going to fight it anymore. But she was going to show us how to die. Well, the way, actually what she said, I'm going to show you damn kids how to die. <laughs> and she did. For the next six months, she, she made issue with each one of us. She cleared the table. She cleared the deck. We sat by, beside her. We asked for forgiveness. She asked for forgiveness. And then the inevitable happened. We slipped into a coma. Now, l let me tell you a little bit about my mother. She was a Catholic only in the most obligatory way. She was raised Catholic. She thought she was supposed to be Catholic. But she had stopped being Catholic a long while back. She just thought it was not something that really spoke to her. But she was my soulmate. I mean, we exchanged books all the time. Oh, you got to read this, Mom. This is this fantastic thing on metaphor. Oh, my gosh, you'll love this thing on reincarnation. We used to take classes together. We'd go to workshops. But we were dabblers. We pretty much skated on the surface of all of this. So it was a surprise when just as she was about to slip into the death rattle, she opened her eyes and started saying things. I was in another room. I had a paper and a pencil beside me because every time somebody would come out of the room, they would say these things that our mother had said that were so remarkable. I felt like I had to write them down. And then at one point she said, tell Nancy to write this down. <laughs> no idea that... I had a paper and pencil with me. So what are some of the things she said? She said, we are all the same. Young, old, black, white, we're all from the same Godhead. Your grandfather Dada tried to tell you this, but he didn't have the words. She said, the journey of life is about understanding. We get there through love. She said to my father, you can let me go. We've been mother, father, brother, sister. We'll be together always. She said to all of us, take care of each other. I'll never forget the moment my mother took her last breath. The room was incandescent with a kind of 
light. It was almost as if the light were like in little particles. And in a way, I felt that her last breath became my first one. You see, for the next two decades, I just spent time trying to find out what was the truth of what she was saying. Where did it come from? What did it mean? How did it sit inside of me? And that takes a lot of work, you know? You have to find out all the things that are false, kind of keep peeling them away, keep peeling them away. Now, two years ago, I'll never forget the moment I learned I had cancer. Now, I wasn't ever afraid that I was going to die of it. I mean, they have medicine, very treatments for it, but I had this ridiculous notion. I thought, what if all those cells that are being poisoned out of me, burned out of me from chemotherapy, what, are those, what about if those were the old, faithless, questioning, unhappy cells? And instead, I could welcome new cells that help me look at things in a new way. Sometimes I think that those new cells have come inside of me to remind me that life is about embracing the loss. It's embracing the suffering. Oh, and is it embracing the beauty that is inherent in each moment that we live? I'll never forget the moment I understood what sacred meant. It felt as if every moment was a step towards gratitude. For me, it was. It felt sacred to live in that gratitude. And so, when or if I see my mother again, I'm going to have to tell her, you know, you're right. I think the journey, it really is about understanding, and we get there through love, but we also get there through gratitude. If you are interested in learning how to become a storyteller, please visit our website at southmountaincc.edu forward slash storytelling.